0: Battleline podcast, episode 75. Um, a lot of you guys probably heard David Silvera on the show already, of course. But the reason I wanted to have Dave back on and we're having Rich on from the band uh, was just because of the fact that when we had David on, there really wasn't much to promote. There was a couple songs out there and now they have an EP out there. And I mean, we'll get into it further in depth, but both of us are really loving their stuff.
1: Yeah, that's a good, good, good new album that came out. Actually, I was listening to it on my drive back home yesterday. Um, I like delusional man. That's my I always tell that's my favorite song off the new album. I, I do like, but it's it reminds me of and, and I don't and I don't know how bands dig this. Do they want to be compared to other bands or how it works, or are we all original? But you know, the sounds sounds are sounds and, and the genre of like trapped and chevelle. And back in that day, that's what that band, remind, I mean, that's what they remind me of. And that's, that was, that's good rock and roll. Kind of like when that trans, transition from rap and rock kind of came together and then they started to even make it better and better, you know, Lincoln Park, I think was probably the first, but you know, then it went to the rap rock, but then also the guys that could screech and scream, which their singer can, he's awesome. He's like Corey Taylor for him. And again, I don't want to compare, cause I hate that. I don't know if to piss them off. <laughs> no, I like, think it's, I don't want you to compare me to a Navy SEAL either. I, it's, it's, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, it's out of respect, but you know, a guy that can what, like screech, but then he can sing, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, or even, even Phil, like Phil Abonte is another one that can, ah, and then. Well, wow, he can also sing too. I don't know how they do it though, because my my vocal cords. I I try to sing that in the car, the screeching parts. You know, I start coughing because I, you know, I can't I can't do it. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm excited to talk to them and and also to talk to Rich really for the first time. I mean, I got to test out with him yesterday, but really the, the first time I get to talk with him in depth, and we could get into all of that. Um, before we do, of course, uh, every show we try to interview inspiring people from all walks of life. And uh, we have some great sponsors on board that keep us doing what we're doing. Uh, If you haven't been on board with Hero Soap, the great thing about Hero Soap is really the mission has always been focused on veteran charities, giving back to charities like Chris's 14th Hour Foundation and others. And they even do a thing called the subscription, where if you purchase soap, they'll send over um, that same amount that you're subscribed to uh, to a deployed location where guys will be able to get that same amount of soap Uh, And I know for guys overseas, that's really crucial. And it's just the best stuff. No chemicals, dyes, or fragrances. No parabens that are found in common soaps that you might not know are linked to breast cancer and reproductive complications in men. Now, beyond the soap, which I love and is in all different scents and they're all great, uh, it's life-changing, seriously, the, the peppermint plus cool, it'll just like wake <laughs> you up in the morning, uh, but they've also launched a fragrance-free pet wash for your furry friends, and they also now have their body wash in the sense of lavender, the pines, the meadow, lime, and the arctic, and they all include natural ingredients that your skin craves to stay hydrated, like olive oil, essential oils, and aloe vera, Uh, They're veteran owned, and that's why they're so focused on veteran charities. And especially at a time like this where uh, where the weather is still a little chilly here, it's warmed up and then got chilly again. At least for me, man, if I'm not using the right soap like Hero soap, my skin dries out and I'm using a ton of lotion and it just sucks. So you need to use a a soap that's going to keep you hydrated.
1: Uh, yeah it is a, a life changer yeah especially when you use the the peppermint soap for the first <laughs> first time <laughs> down there in the nether regions i think they call it the taint is that what the kids still call it i know that's what they <laughs> called it uh, but they do a tremendous job and and you're right just sending soap downrange and being that guy that was downrange for a while you get all you can get is ivory spring and dove i mean you just for 10 years washing with Terrible soap and Instead Irish drink, Spring for me. That's one of those that drives me. That out. Drives, yeah, it it oh, drives it's that's, the worst. And that's what you need is that dry out soap when you're in Kandahar, Afghanistan. I mean, that's that's exactly what. You, so, and I'm not kidding, guys. If you can't, tell the, the, <laughs> I'm the like, sarcastic oh, really? in my <laughs> voice, but, but uh, yeah. no, hero soap is fantastic, and to get stuff like it, it. It does. It makes it makes the deployments. Just little things like that make the deployments go quicker and, and it makes the morale rises the morale it's just the right so people are, like, are you crazy no i'm not having something different something good and something that's that really it, it is it's made by a veteran and obviously it's not just for veterans but it's veteran the 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 the, the, the even the fragrances and everything around it is veteran themed uh it, it makes you feel good and then when I'm home, it brings back the mirrors. Like I told you, I remember I did the pine, the pine is it the pine one that we had the uh, woods and it reminded me of Fort Benning, Georgia. <laughs> and I'm telling you, every guy that has been to Fort Benning and basically at Fort Benning, you use the woods, you're going to go back to where your drill sergeant's yelling at you. I promise you. And, we're, and you're mopping the floors and going out in the woods. So tremendous job. They're a tremendous group. And of course, being veteran owned and supporting veteran run foundations. That's a, that's a plus as well. Yeah, so if, if you guys do the subscription, there's no
0: contract and you can cancel at any time. But you don't have to do it as a subscription. You can just try out one soap, two soap, the body wash, do uh, whatever works for you. So it's heroesoapcompany.com. Use the offer code battleline for fifteen percent off, and you can combine that with ten percent off for the subscription. And uh, to you people listening to this, like in the future they they've kept that promo code up for a while so um you know if if you're hearing this and you think it's it's uh, expired by now it might not so try it they've been with us a while yeah. uh, and if you support us you're going to love them uh, also of course Fort Scott Munitions is with us every show Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. And it was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring they receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Now, uh, they are no longer stocking ammo on their website because. Uh, it is just selling out and they can't keep up with it. But you can go to the store locator right on fortscottmunitions.com <clears throat> and you can see where it's available in your state. um, And I know a lot of you guys are getting that stimulus check in and that money's <laughs> going to go towards guns and
1: ammo. Guns and ammo time. or toilet paper. Now, actually I think that's, that's past the toilet paper. We don't have it. We're, we're good on toilet paper now here, but we're still low on ammo in Nebraska. So yeah, uh, def- definitely check them out guys. If you can find it in, in the, in your stores, local stores, if you don't have it, then uh, tell your local retailers to, to call Fort Scott and have them, have them become a, ha- have Fort Scott distribute the ammo to them directly so you have a store to get it in your in your respective state and uh, it is this tremendous ammo tremendous family that runs the company craft the craft family which uh, again they're they're one in a million and it reflects in their products as well so check them out go to Fort Scott munitions and then send that to your local retailers there and tell them hey we want Fort Scott munitions in our in our store so you can pick it up and you can try it. Once you try it, yeah, you're going to keep it for your home defense ammo. Definitely and all your hunters are you're not going to go back to anything else. It's cuz it cuz it works. It's effective. The most effective ammunition out there.
0: 100%. So um they still are stocking um clothes, you know, merch and all that. So if you go to fortscottmunitions.com and you want to check any of that out, just use the promo code battleline and you're going to get 15% off any of that stuff. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. With that, let's go.
2: From Omaha, Nebraska, to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Paranto.
1: Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face.
2: Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and
3: I have been dating for a long time.
2: You are now tuned into The Battle Line Podcast.
0: The Switch is on, Battleline Podcast. Really excited once again to have the guys from Bias coming on. But you've had a pretty busy week. Um, You were at the Florida book signing, and then you had a speaking event in Oklahoma. And yeah. as of today, you were back home. So I'd love to hear
1: how all of it went. Oh, uh, hey, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not used to the travel again. I, and I don't want to get used to the travel again. This is going to be every month I'll be busy, and then a month I won't. I try to, you know, got to find balance in your life or you go crazy, literally. But it was great. No, the, the Florida event was tremendous. It was at the Alamo Range and uh, their indoor range. It's a big gun range in Naples, Florida. And if you haven't been to Naples, Florida, once you go there, you're, you're going to want to stay. You're not going to want to leave. It's a tremendous place to be at. And the, the book signing went well, man. We had a, you know, I, I usually, I brought a lot more books than I usually do. I I just didn't know. And we, you know, 200 or so books and dang, you're sold all of them. And, and that, that is, I mean, that's, that is actually excellent on a book signing, um, especially during whatever's going on, whatever we're calling it now, the, the drawdown of the hibbity bibbity virus, the vaccine times, I don't know, whatever you call it, but the, uh, but people, yeah, they just, I was two days, just straight busy. And for people that come to my book signings, you come cause it, I'm going to talk to you and I talk your ear off. and. um and I think everybody had a great experience. I did. It was nice. It was nice just you know seeing everybody out and smiling and and you know I I, I don't make people wear their masks and if they want to they can. I just tell them hey off the bat hey guys I'm not wearing my mask here unless I'm required to. And gun ranges <laughs> they don't. I don't think the virus likes uh, likes gunpowder because you don't find it much there. But the uh, it, it was tremendous because people were being normal you know and they they were enjoying smiling it was nice to see smiles all the time it was nice for people to nice for other people to see other people smile and it was a true it was just a great experience and it was great for my family as well and you know get up in the morning in Florida when it's 70 degrees and go for a run at eight o'clock in the morning before I go to the book signing that's that's a plus and just being around Naples uh, can't wait to finally buy a Buy a condo or a summer home there when I become a snowbird. I'm 50, so I'm I'm in the category now. So I I'm getting I'm getting what is it the uh, de, uh, AARP mailings now? So <laughs> I hope you're, you're there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I qualify for being a snowbird and you know, looking forward to staying down there and working with Alamo in the future on on. On uh, doing battle line tactical teachings and using their range, so yeah, tremendous. Yeah.
0: I, I know there were some listeners of the show who came out because they tagged us in some stuff, and uh, that was that was really cool to see, especially yeah. people meeting you for the first time. Who yeah, may have had you know a dream of meeting you, and, and sometimes it just doesn't line up when you're doing other events. So they got the chance to do it now, and I got the chance.
1: And I always look at it as as a as not them getting to meet me, I get to meet them because I I want to. to say hi to whoever wants to say hi to me and and which is still seems a little weird to me i don't know why you want to come talk to my ugly ass but (laughs) but it's still humbling in a sense and then the oklahoma city you know that's gonna ask you about that too yeah yeah that was that was great i you know it's going and having an in-person speaking event which we haven't had in two years you know i haven't i don't think there's been many out there that have that where you could have over 100 people in a location and they, uh, the venue was tough for them to find, but they found a, a really beautiful church to have it in. And I think it was tremendous as well. And the, I could tell when I was speaking, it's not the same speech that, you know, they, they want to know the story. But I've learned, and even when I talked, it was more about, and maybe the church was was part of it, but more about faith and God and overcoming adversity, you know, like we talk about on the show all the time. Yeah. And, and the, the talk went that direction. And that's what's wonderful about me not using PowerPoints or I don't have a scripted talk is that I'll get up there and I'll just start going. And sometimes it goes a different direction. And I thought it was I, I felt awesome. I, I that's it. usually I walk off stage and I'm just tired and I, I really don't feel good. Because it just drains me, and I walked off stage that. I week. mean, you're you're great at what you do,
0: though, and I don't just say it as you know a friend yeah. of yours, but it is true. How it's like it's it's all unscripted. It's yeah, I mean, you have an idea, of course, of what you're going to talk well, yeah, about. Yeah, you, there you, are you, certain points yeah. you're always going to hit, but. Yeah, you you try to make it authentic to who you're speaking with. And you've done it long enough that you are
1: great at it. Just practice makes perfect. Practice, 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 failing, and then going back after a speech and doing like an AAR, an after action report, a review of, okay, what what did I miss? What did I hit? Where did I lose? Because you can tell when you lose a crowd. I get when guys are on stage or comedians or I kind of understand that because you can tell when you say something and it doesn't go over for one crowd. You're like, okay, probably don't want to use that again. So let's do something different. And and it is, as a speaker, you got to do the same thing or you become bland or tired, or you just continue to speak to the same groups. On the political side, I said, if you're a politician, you can be bland and tired and terrible, but as long as you're speaking to your, your constituency, your group, yeah. you're always going to speak where I didn't want to do that. No, this is inspiring. You got to be inspired by the story because it is, it is inspiring. Uh, it's and it is about failure and the other books I wrote I was like well let's pull that in as well so it's it's like watching a movie and watching a guy flash back to parts of his life before he's getting shot at to understand that okay I've been I've I've gone through the suck fest before I know how to handle this and then coming back to Benghazi, so it's almost like a movie where I'm flashing back to other parts of my life and then coming back to that night and saying okay that's what I learned from it that's what got me through that point in time and and then, then, God's a huge part of it now, and, and I think people need to hear that. People don't. There's not a lot of God is not cool to talk about in the mainstream anymore. And you know me, I give two shits about the mainstream. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it just even if it's just to poke somebody's eye and say, listen, this is this is what we need to be talking about right now. Mm. And uh, but it, but it, it went really well, and the people were tremendous. I had a VIP dinner before that, at which is like the people that pay to bring me in. And if, they, they do, they deserve, they want, they deserve that up close and personal. They, they, they're, they're paying the bills. And, uh, and that was fun too. It was just, it was great. And meeting old Vietnam veterans that come. I love that because they're coming in with an old F-15, F-16 pilot. Uh, and I say old out of respect, sure. Ted, you're awesome. I wish we had you there that night, but that's what I love. To, I love talking to those guys. Cause to me, I'm like, man, I went through one night of that. Those guys went through like 12 months of the ship that I went through one night. And I just have the utmost respect for all the Vietnam veterans out there because, you know, like I said, they—that's what got me through a lot of that night too. Is I was like, man, I can't be a pussy and give up. Those guys went through months of what I'm doing right now, just just at this time frame. I can't give up, and so I, I love meeting all the Vietnam veterans that come, and then the older. There was actually a World War II vet that was there as well, which. That's even cooler. I mean, yeah, I mean that's huge. Yeah, that's Bastogne. I mean, I still every time I hear a vet, I think of Omaha Beach, a World War II vet, Omaha Beach or Battle of Bastogne, and I'm again, I'm like, I went through one night of that, and it was actually hundred degrees out. Can you imagine going through like Bastone and going through months of that where it's minus? 12 with not the winter clothing. I hate walking out of my house with not having the right gloves on my hand. Yeah. So it, 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 it's humbling to me still. And it was tremendous. Again, and it's just people coming out and, and they're, they're being normal again. And Oklahoma city, you guys set the standard. Cause as soon as that one opened up, I had four more open up to do in person and, and they're great. And they're, and they're, as you can tell, and I know, you know, this just from this therapeutic for me as well. It helps me. It's like almost therapy on stage. So were you were
0: you nervous about getting up there for the first time? I, I, I time? was. I
1: was like, crap, I haven't done this in a while. I wonder if I can still, you know, kind of lib it. I wonder if I can still do that. Because it, you know, it, it it took practice. You know, I, I could tell people, you don't get to be a public speaker right off the bat. It doesn't work that way. You have to practice like anything else. And I did a lot of free speeches, a lot of talks at book signings, practicing and getting better and better. Or at least, uh, but I'm just saying, like uh, probably a whole year away from it, minus a couple of virtual events. It, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't getting up in front of people. I don't have a problem getting in front of people. That's not it. It was, can I still, can I still bring it? I, I'm sure we could talk about and Talk to Dave the same way. When the first time he goes back to a concert, you're like, okay, I'm. I knew I was, used to be good at really good. At this, am I still <laughs> good at it? <laughs> yeah, and that's what. It, am I still? Am I? Can I still do this well? And then when I started talking. It just natural and it 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 was uh it was it was great you know the 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 crowd there's still people that are scared to come you know they are and normally understandable yeah it it is and and but you know having 200 people at a town hall you know that still to me is tremendous especially since really we're still feeling in it people are still scared so they're letting other people feel it out to see if 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 it's okay and I'm just telling people right now it, it is we're okay people that are that the ones that I, and I talked to a few of them because it was there. There's a, there's a, a 50 to 80 crowd there. You know, I told you there's old Vietnam veterans and world war II veterans, you know, they've got their vaccine. So they came I, I'm just telling people it's, it's not like a, a cut loose and just worry about getting sick. People are taking the precautions. There are still people that wore masks and, and they sat, you know, they had the six feet, whatever is that the the, the bubble or whatever. So it, it, it limited the crowd a little bit, but that being said, it's still 200 people This point, that. in this point in time is still good to come to a, an event uh, like that where, and I think they'll keep getting more and more people, you know, and I was on a, I'm on a great, that Oklahoma town hall, they do one every year. You know, I'm on a docket. Who comes out? I think Steve Forbes talks to their next one. And to me, I'm like, that. He's, he's a very down to earth guy, is. which
0: would surprise people.
1: And, and it, it is. He's the nicest. I actually Eric Prince. I used to guard Eric Prince. You know, protect him and his family. Yeah, labor. of course. And Eric went to and I, I met Steve Forbes. I mean, and his security detail at one point in time. You know, and he was the nicest guy. But to me, it's I, funny that he even has a security detail because when
0: I've seen him. When I worked at Sirius, he was always there. He never had an entourage. He, he, he was always there by himself. McDonald's cup of yeah, coffee no, for a multi-billionaire, probably.
1: I shouldn't say detail. He has one guy, and it was in okay. his New York office that we
0: went. He to never visit. had any guy when he came to the. Oh uh, yeah, I, Sir, when he came to Sirius, uh, unlike a lot of these, you know. Like rappers come with an entourage of like 25 security guards. No
1: one would ever know that Steve Forbes was, unless you, yeah, now you, you know, who doesn't know who Steve Forbes is anymore? He's got a magazine named after one of the best, mag, one of the most popular, most read business magazines in the world. But, uh, yeah, to me, it still doesn't hit me when I'm on a docket like that where, hey, it's, Chris Pirano, then General Flynn, then then Oliver North, then and then you have like who's a, then you have Nick Saban, and you're on that docket. I'm like, I, does my name really fit? I mean, and that's that's keeping it keeping it humble, but it's it's cool to see that on the docket and see that they're opening up and the Oklahoma people are bringing people in like like Steve Forbes. And I, I, I you know, hey, hate me if you want to, I don't care. Sorry, not sorry. And people like myself that that are 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 trying to inspire people to hey. Get up! Let's continue. Let's let's keep keep fighting. Get out of your house. Let's keep living and 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 don't worry about what's going on around you so much. Just take care of what you can within your own household and and just continue to fight on. And and, and I, I I I got a I got a good response from it, and I felt good after it. So yeah, it was it was great. And now I got to go to Naples. I have a op- another one in Naples. Back to Florida. On uh, Friday, a Friday. I do have a virtual one uh, on Thursday, on Friday morning, which in Indianapolis, even though because the city opened up before, and I had to do the virtual. But, um, but then we have uh the the real one, uh the in person one in Naples, Florida, coming. So it's great, Very dude. Good. It's good. Yeah. It's good to see. It's good to see, and the country's still beautiful. Driving the Midwest is still tremendous.
0: Yeah, you are a busy man, but um, we're gonna get right over to the guys in bias mm-hmm. or breaking in a sequence. Uh, You can go by either. But before we do, try 1440. Dreaming of a news service that doesn't also tell you how to interpret current events, that's 1440. Instead of cleverly crafted messaging and media narratives, 1440 provides an impartial view of what's happening in the world so readers can form their own conclusions. Scouring hundreds of sources each day, 1440 delivers news with breadth plus depth thoughtfully curated by experts in a single morning briefing straight to your inbox. 1440 believes news is not about proving one side is right, but that it should inspire objective conversation that helps you navigate the world around you. While this may sound lofty, the goal is to empower readers so they can lead better, well-informed, more productive lives. Check them out. Visit try1440.com. T-R-Y, of course, the and then the numbers one four four zero try fourteen forty dot com to learn more and subscribe.
1: Look at that, man. look like Genghis Khan gonna go kill some. <laughs> shit. That. Awesome.
4: Yeah.
0: All right, so with that, I will uh I will give an intro. Yeah, we're on with uh two of the guys from Bias or Breaking in a Sequence. Uh, David Silvera, of course, best known as the original corn drummer who we've had on before, and for the first time on the show vocals uh rich win and it's it's great to have both of you uh chris and myself both have loved the new ep um even just speaking privately we've we've really been into it thank you guys
4: thanks for having us
1: oh no you guys uh, and brother you can wail uh, and we'll talk about that but i don't know how you guys do with your voice because i try to replicate it in my car when i'm driving and you can you do the screech and the scream like the hardcore and then you can come back and sing all in the same song and I try to do that and I, you know, I start coughing, right? Ah, I can't do it. And my, my lose my voice. I don't know how you do it in the same. I'll You You, got, you got, I got to know how to do that. It's like, how the hell do they screech and not, you know, get that tickle in yeah. your throat? Cause it, it, you, there's a joke set up there. I set it up perfectly for any of y'all, but you don't have to go with it because this is a very faith based show. It is somewhat, but the, uh, the, the, and then the tickle and then, how do you continue to go on without gargling salt waters? It, but that's, 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 I dig that. Cause that's that to me, that's a, that's a singer, man. I mean, there's singers, but if you can sing, then there's rockers that just screech yeah. on the microphone that, that can't sing. And if you can do both to me, that's, that's just, that sets it apart. To me, that's the, that's that's rock. That's the rock, and that's the genre, and that's also the genre I I deployed with when you know Dave was with Corn, or when I listened to Lincoln Park, and I listened to you know, and the Trapped came out, and Chevelle, and all. And to me, that's that's the real hard rock, where rap rock kind of is that what we call it? Where it kind of crossed a little bit, but then it melded and became perfect. And man, so that's why when I hear Delusional, that reminds me of that. That reminds me of Rocket Out awesome. in Baghdad. So I just, yeah, let's, let's get going, man. It's time to get out on the road. and it, It's me. So, yeah, but you got to teach me, you got to teach me that, the, the rasp and then able to sing and talk, even I'll talk. It's all
4: I technique. Learn. It, It's literally all technique.
1: Is <laughs> really <It's, laughs> Okay. So you're just going to massage. For those that can't see what I'm doing, I'm massaging my, my Adam's apple right now. Like, is are so just going to do this while I talk and gargle at the same time? Dave, sorry, <laughs> dude. I, I'm not making you uncomfortable. My bad. <laughs> so actually i i do want to ask rich
0: what is like your your background because for a lot of people bias is really like your introduction to you and i mean i could tell you've been doing well this i
4: started a singing uh when i was i want to say 12 years old right and i'm an old man now um But literally, I started uh, on guitar. I'm actually a <laughs> guitar player before I'm a singer. Um, but when I started on guitar, I started basically learning all like Metallica songs, right? And eventually I was like, oh, yeah, you know, this feels incomplete. So I started singing those same Metallica songs. So I had basically learned every single Metallica song from Kill 'em All to the Black Album. And that's how I learned how to sing, that's right? Awesome. And then after that, um, I kind of got into Slayer and Pantera, and obviously I got into Corn and and you know Faith No More, Stone Table Pilots. I mean the the list goes on and on. And I just basically took all of my influences, like from singers, and stacked them all on top of each other, condensed them, and made my like style out of that. So
1: so so you're you're self taught. You uh, taught singing. You just. So what is, like, how do you do that? Just in the shower one day and then you're like, man, I sound great. These acoustics are fantastic. And then you just go to the uh, next level or you how don't do you know? You don't until you get an honest guy like Dave that says, man, you sound great. Or, man, you, you sound shit." Yeah. Just stop it. Go back to Basically, guitar. Is that, you, is that how it works? I mean, you, I mean, just that's, you just got do your man. thing. That takes some guts, man. It really if, does. If,
4: Take, if you suck, then you suck. But at least you're still having fun at it, right? You know? <laughs> like
1: that's awesome how i got
4: into this band is um you know these guys put out this this singer search right it was like a worldwide singer search from their old band they split off from the old band that they were in and they put out this singer search
1: yeah
0: which and which the old band i mean i think we got into the last one but the big thing was people were like i love the music i'm not into the vocals
4: right that's that's kind of how i was too I was going online, and this was just strictly for fun. I was going online, finding bands on Craigslist that, that put out instrumental music, right, that were looking for singers, and I would take their music and I would cut it all up, like the sections of the songs, and I, I would w- basically rearrange the song to how I wanted the song to be. I'd sing over it and just send it back to them, right? So I wasn't trying to be in a band or anything. I was just doing this for fun. This is what I do in my free time, weird stuff, right? So then they put out the singer search, and I was like, "Oh man, I want that music, so I could do the same thing to it, just for fun." So I did that. They they um, they put out their singer search. I responded with all my bios and all my music, and they didn't respond to me for like five months, right? So in that five month period, I was like, "Oh, they don't care." What a bunch of d- right! Man, I get terrible. an email one day that says, "Hey, better late than never." Uh, see what you can sing over this. So I got the track and I was like, okay, this is cool. It's not how I want it to be. So I'm going to make it the way I want it to be, sing over it and send it back. So I sent it back to them and they didn't really reply to me for like a week. And then they finally replied. They're like, oh, oh, this is cool. Uh, see what you can get, do to these. So they sent me, I think, two other songs. And I was able to take one of their songs because one of the songs they sent me was like, Six or seven minutes long. I took that and I, I cut it all up and I made two songs out of it, right, and then sent back those two songs along with another song. Wow. And at that point, they were like, "Oh, um, you want to come down? This is pretty good. You want to come down and, and try out?" And I was like, "Oh man, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I really want to be in a band." Well, no, I, I just now you're playing hard these to get, guys right? Lives, <laughs> um, Eighty miles south of me. So to get to practice, I have to drive eighty miles south. Okay. And I was telling my wife about it and my wife was like, You know what? You should go do this. Are you kidding me? You've been you've been singing over like Craigslist bands for no reason for the last like year and a half. And now this band with David Silvera in it wants you to go try out and you're gonna say no, go do it. It's your passion. So I was like, All right, fine, I'll I'll go do it. (laughs) You know, and like literally I got in the room. And it was a little bit awkward at first, right? Because it was just me and these complete strangers. And David sitting there like ripped. He's fucking huge, right? Like way.
1: (laughs) 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 You were were in a medium too. Made sure, right? It looked like you came from the gym. And And I put my mic stand
4: right in front of him. So I basically (laughs) had to sing right in front of him. But then we started jamming, and it it just clicked like immediately for me. Like uh, I was like, "Oh, I can actually vibe out to this." And I hadn't played in a yeah, band, that's like awesome. a real band, for I want to say like two or three years before that. So that was my my first forte back to it, you know, back in the live music environment.
1: Dave, uh, yeah what what did you what was your experience? And yeah, why did it take you five months to?
3: So when we he first sent it back. Um, our first impression was he sounds really great on the vocals, but we were kind of um, letting our egos kind of get in the way, and we kind of took a little bit of offense to it, like dummies. We were kind of thinking, you know, who, who is this guy taking our songs
4: <laughs> and like, and
3: cut our songs up? That, that lasts like one day, and then we all came back to the studio. We looked at each other, and we were thinking, that was really stupid to even take that on. He made the song better. No matter how you look at it, if you like it or not, it's a better song now with his vocals and the way he, he restructured the song. So that, that lasted about a day. Then we should get over ourselves.
4: Yeah, we had, we had four songs right off the bat. Like wow. right off the wow. bat, we had four songs to be able to, to work on at practice. But these guys took so long, um, at, at least the story I got was because they were vetting other, um, other singers, right? And I think I was like the last – I was like the last one. They're like, oh, well, let's – I don't know how we feel about these other singers, but let's just try one more dude. And I just happened to come in at the last moment.
0: I actually was going to ask you, Dave, you know, especially with your your time in the industry with Corn, I assume you still have those connections there where you could talk to people and, and try to set something up when you're able to get back on the road and when those bigger tours happen.
3: Well, um, because of the connections I made and the friendships in Corn, that's how we got our management, which is Andy Gould and Paul Gargano. Um, I've known Andy since early mid nineties and I, I've stayed in contact with maybe four or five different managers and I sent all of them the music and Andy was the one that really came back with a positive uh, reaction and really liked the songs and the music. So he actually, he asked us if he could come down to our rehearsal studio here in Orange County. And the first time I think it was the day of, or the day before he canceled because he was really worried about COVID because he's in his late sixties and he has asthma so he got right. kind of scared for some reason, and then he did it again, like the day of. I think Richard was had already left his house, driving down to us, and he called me the day of because when we first said he wants to see us live, I said let's rent a studio at Sir, which is you know big rehearsal sound stages up in LA for people to rehearse for tours, and he said no, I want to see you in your in your private setting in your rehearsal studio. So after two times of that not working out, he said okay, let's go to Sir, which is the reason what I said. So. We rented to the studio in LA, um, you know, which people use to prepare for tours. So it was a pretty big stage, great sound system. We went in there set everything up. I think we brought two or three people with us and just the band. And it was literally the two or three people we brought with us on the side and Andy and Paul sitting in two chairs in the middle of an empty room. And we played for them. And, um, I, I mean, they said that we totally blew them away. I mean, they, they, you know, shook their hands and said, we're going to be your managers on that day. And, um, so that that really worked out to our best, but um, I I do know a couple people in the in the booking agents world, um, and I really haven't reached out to them in a long time. But Andy knows all the same people I do, so it's kind of uh you know it's his his corner now and his call. But um, yeah, I would I would like to see if we could do what Richard was talking about and, and get on uh, uh, bands that are booking tours right now, in a, you know, in an opening slot because that would probably be by far the best way to get us out there before everything's booked up, which I assume the minute that markets open up, I mean, I mean, there's probably already tours booking and being, uh, planning on canceling and, you know, pulling back and all that. It's probably happening already, but I mean, I don't care if we can get on a tour now and they have to postpone it. I mean, as long as we're attached to something, it would be great. But, you know, the thing
0: is, you guys are doing everything that you really need to do at this point and that I think a lot of successful bands are doing and that you have various music videos out there right now, really pumping things out on social media and also explaining the background of the band and, uh, you know, like why you chose to do that Faith No More cover, for example.
4: I mean, that Faith No More cover, ever since I joined this band, these guys uh, basically said, hey, let's do a Faith No More cover. And I was, I was like, no way, dude, that's crazy, you know. Mike Patton is like the man, you know, and I don't know if I can sing that way. (laughs) Really, honestly. And um, so I basically just said no the entire time. And then we were on tour um, in like driving in the middle of nowhere. And I heard the live version of of Midlife Crisis come on from Faith No More. It was off the uh, deluxe version of Angel Dust. And that live version was faster and and. Like the vocals were really aggressive, and I was like, "Hey, I, I think I could do this now," you know, because I had I had started screaming with the band, right? Like when <laughs> when I first came in, I was only singing, but but I started screaming, so I was like, "Hey, we should try this. Let's let's do it." So we went, we got back from tour, learned it, uh put our own little twist on it, and recorded it. And it was just supposed to be an Easter egg on our album that we were going to release back then, right? Or EP, I, I don't remember what it was. Well, what we were going to release. And then when uh, Andy and Paul came on, I believe it was the day of the showcase that David was talking about. Um, they said, so guys, what, what, what's next? What do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys, what are you guys planning to do next? And I was like, well, I think we should probably put out some more music because the last thing we did was delusional. Right. And they said, well, you know, in this political climate, you know, cause the election was coming up and everything they didn't know, anyone would really pay attention to any new music in that fourth quarter of uh 2020 so i said well we have um this cover the space no more cover and they're like you know what that might be perfect because um it's familiar enough for people to actually pay attention or or get their attention but you guys put your own spin on it so people will probably listen to that release that and that we decided right then and there right after the showcase and that right after they basically said they'd take us on um, that we'd release the Faith No More cover as our next single and then i basically said hey why don't we just uh why don't we remake the video too so it'd basically be like the full tribute to Faith No More if we're going to do this let's do it like holy you
2: know
4: wow
0: yeah, it came out awesome. I was actually that. That makes me think of another question, though. When you said with like the political climate and the election, um, I don't, at least from what I've seen, I don't think you guys have been like an overly political band. Uh, a lot of music coming out now is very political because of like the climate in the country. Has that made you want to get into that? Or are you trying to? We're trying to stay to, away from that.
1: I mean, yeah, that's awesome. No politics in music. That, and that's how it should be. Now you, you know I I don't want to hear political music. I mean, it depends on the band, though. I mean, who doesn't <laughs> like Rage Against right, the you know? Machine, you know. but, but, you, but you, that's that's the thing with with got groups like that though because Rage made it one way. But you know who listened to a lot of Rage Against the Machine was the same people. They were military guys. Yeah, and but I mean, if, and, I, and, I, and really I, a lot of their music was anti anti-military i don't say anti-military but anti-big government and anti whoever it was at the time and 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 uh so i, I but i that- just think a band sets the stage for
0: what they want to do so i get it if it, you know if your band wants to str- stray away from that i mean corn was never a political band at least as far as i saw no.
4: <laughs> i think david's frozen <laughs> but, uh- <laughs> Yeah, I think Dave's I a like little frozen face. here. I look don't know. Look at know. that face; frozen. that is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I
3: can.
0: Wait, I hear David. I hear David. Oh
4: man, I should take a <laughs> screenshot of <laughs> that face. That's the next new album
0: cover
1: right there. <laughs> That's
0: it. Oh man, I want to see David. Could you hear us? I'm here. I'm good. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I, but I was saying, I, I feel like Korn was never like an ov- overly political band, so I mean, it makes sense. No politics at all in Korn.
1: And you know there are so I know there's songs uh, and issues that the bands get into, but uh, again I just rock, man, just rock because the people that are listening to uh, listening to your music, you may not have if you're a political band, you may not have attended them, you may not have intended that group to dig your music. I don't I don't think Rage Against the Machine ever thought that they would be huge in the military community, but and you listen to them like oh my, but you can apply that stuff to what you're going through in the military. Yeah, so I I I, I, I hate the politics, and I was involved with it for three years, three or four years after the damn attack, and and really politics is damn near in everything now. Yeah. So yeah, nah, let's just no, we want to rock, man. Just just rock and well like like we used to. And if you if you want to throw some stories in there, personal things, I love rock because sometimes there's personal stories in there, and I love it, and I, and that's what I get to because then I can relate it to my own life at times, and that's what we want to do. We want to we want to live. I, I wanted to. And especially downrange, I told Dave this on the last show, guys downrange, they want to be able to feel like they're back home through your music. That's what keeps them grounded and keeps them American. You hey, know, Hey, I'm I'm away from deployment. I'm going to throw in some, you know, I'm going to throw in some bias. I'm going to throw it in right now. And it makes you feel like you, oh, remember when I heard that song when I was driving down the road in Oklahoma? That's what it brings you back to. And it makes you feel good when when bands i mean you already have athletes getting into all that political crap and it it, it took me away from watching football anymore i mean watch it anymore and that's terrible because that's how i grew up watching nfl football i don't want music to go that way because it takes away something that you grew up with and it reminds you of home and and good times or even bad times but it reminds you of your own life so i'm I'm happy you guys are, are are not getting into the political realm of music now you may sing a song that is political i mean Allison changed rooster. It's, it's, it wasn't intended to be political, but it's right. about Vietnam. I and mean, his
4: father was a machine gunner. Right. To me, that's about, I definitely don't want to song. ever go there. And that's one of the reasons so. why we unacronymed bias, right? We unacronymed, unacronymed bias. during yeah. the, the political times if you tried to find us it was impossible to find us through all like the biased articles you know what i mean like like biased media biased, <laughs> this. biased media and it was like, oh Whoa, we need something we need to get a little bit more unique because we're getting buried in political news stories right so then breaking in a sequence breaking in a sequence became our new thing because hey you can find us so much easier everywhere this way yeah.
1: that's a I, That's a great, actually, that's a great
4: story. That's awesome.
3: Rich, why don't you tell them about your uh, vocals? (laughs) What kind of topics you write about? Well,
4: I don't know. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. When I write my vocals, I try to make them uh, vague, but there's basically three meanings. I think of my vocals when I write them with three meanings, the meaning that I intended to have, the meaning that it's really about, and then the meaning of how you're going to take it, right? So with pity, I I wrote that song basically about basically hard work, right? If you want something, work hard for it, right? Um, I'm and everyone knows this. My work ethic is one of those. I'm one of those people that I work extremely hard at everything that I do, no matter what. You know, like if I don't know how to do something, I will learn how to do it just so that I know how to do it. Even if it's useless knowledge to me, I can help out someone later, right? But when you want something, you have to work for it. Right. You can't just sit there and and dream about it and then complain when you don't have it. Right. That's what I wrote Pity about. Um, Hesitation. Right. The second song on the EP is basically about having anxiety at doing things. Right. Doing different things. And fun fact, Hesitation was the song that that they first sent to me that I chopped up and, and sent back to them. Right. So maybe subconsciously in my head, I was basically saying, you know, the chorus to that song is hold your ground. It's about to get rough. You know, don't let the sight of the ashes break you. So it's basically saying, you know, I watched the last band go up in flames, you know, and I guess if I get this, I better hold my ground, you know, cause it's going to get rough, but you can make it through. Right. That's why um, during the bridge of that song, I say finding center and aligning, you know, there's no I'm reason not the to get back up, skills. right? You fall down, get back up. Do it, you know? I, I like to be inspirational. I, I'm not I'm not going to talk about, like, you know, just dumb crap, <laughs> you know?
0: I, no, I get that. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. And, and I think that, yeah, people do want to be inspired when they hear those songs and they're oh, going to yeah. have different meaning to them. Just to get back to Dave, since I think we'll be able to hear Dave now. Is is there in any way that you kind of evolved your playing from when we last heard you? For a lot of people, when they last heard you, to bias now all these years later. Um, you, you mean since I was in corn, have my, has my playing evolved, or? Yeah, I mean, have you changed the way that you drum? Have 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 you changed your style at all?
3: I don't think so, honestly. I mean, not consciously, I haven't. And I, I haven't. Heard, I and I, the
1: last show we had with Dave, I even said I. When you can tell when he's drunk, I mean, it's that hit. And I, when I, when I heard one of the, I'm probably not supposed to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. When, when I somehow got a hold of some of your songs before they came out, I don't know how I got them. <laughs> I found them somewhere, but I heard it. And as soon as you hear that, that foot hit that, the, I don't know did you, do you call it the, what's the, and help me out. My ignorance on, on me, on, on, uh, on, what's the bot? The what's it, what's it called? bass drum. It's just the bass drum, isn't it? Okay. So <laughs> when you hear that's what I said, his thighs from doing all them damn squats. Boom. And you're like, okay, that's that's Dave Silvera right there. I mean you can hear oh, it hitting and, and that's what starts making you do this right off the bat. And when you start and I'm I'm nodding my head because I'm like to the beat right there, because he's got some funk in it. He's throwing that freaking funk south. in there, that, that dirty south, whatever it comes from. And then he starts hitting on the drums. You 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 just know you know that okay, this is gonna rock. Cause it's cause of that drum. And, and I, I don't hear, I, I know when, I I know when Dave Silver's drum, you can hear that right off the bat. And that's important because I don't think people, I think people take drummers until you, till you hear a good drummer, they take that for granted and drum makes that man. It makes that funky and you want that funk. At least I do in my rock and roll. I want some funk in my rock and I want some screeching and I want some, you know, and and every once in a while, you can throw in a mixture in there. Hey, dude, go ahead, let them throw throw the throw a little, but it it just brings it all home. And then the lyrics, like you said, Rich, that's that's awesome because that's what guys need to hear. And and military guys, yes, veterans, and they we listen to we listen to 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 that this kind of music. We listen to rock, we do, and that's what we want to hear in those lyrics because all of us have gone through a obstacle of some sort whether it be seeing a buddy die to, or even just having coming home and having drinking problems or something. And we had to overcome it. And that's what I want to hear in my songs. And that's why, that's why I listen to them. And that's why, again, that genre of music, which you guys are bringing back to me is one of the best genres of music ever because of just that. All right. Screw it. Yeah. We failed. So what we're going to pick ourselves up and keep fighting. And that's what it is. You just keep fighting. So that's, yeah. That's, that's awesome to hear that. That's how you write. Right. That's.
4: I mean, that's, don't, that's, don't get me wrong. That's I, what I music should be. It
1: should be inspirational. Yeah. It should be. Yeah.
4: But it, awesome. you know, I try to keep it a little bit more intellectual. <coughs> oh yeah. Crazy. You got to. It's life. Man. Cause I think a lot of metal bands will talk about all the same things. And since we're, we're kind of on that, we're teetering on that line of rock and, and metal kind of wanted to go into a different direction, but going back to you talking about David, um, David hears music differently than all of us do. I mean, we'll bring in riffs and we'll start working on material. And when David starts drumming on it, it's completely nothing like what we thought it was going to be.
1: He it does. It's funky. I said on the last one, like Dave, you're, you're funk. You got to have that funk in it. Bring the, bring the funk,
4: man. And, mm. and, and
1: yeah, you know, hey, I know we're, your connection. I know it's, it sucks, David. It's, it's fine. It's what happens. So I'll try to get you on this one, but you know, is the band still, and, and I know you are a huge military supporter, you're a patriot, brother, and I appreciate that. You were actually, you would text me every once in a while and, and you know, pump me up sometimes just because of, of you know, hey, I just watched the movie, you guys are, and, and I don't deserve any of that, but I, I appreciated it, man. I really did. Are you guys still that, that <laughs> band? man? I, I, and Rich didn't come in and say, Hell, look, the mill. I'm not saying you did Rich. <laughs> I'm just. But you guys are still, you know, big military supporters. You know, would you ever consider a USO tour if they ever decided? I know you have families and that's hard. Believe me, I understand leaving families and going overseas. That's 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 something that is that's extremely hard. But I know troops would. That's what got guys through a lot of times, too, men and women. So how is that? USO tour. Absolutely. Yes. And, and how do you do? I mean, I, I know I can say, hey, yeah, send them on it. But is that a managerial? Thing? I don't wouldn't know how to do it. Is is that something your manager managers want to do, too? Or they take a different approach because I maybe can't make the money that you could on an actual tour.
3: They can set it up. Absolutely. They would they would find the right people to talk to throughout the military and set it up for us.
1: Oh, that, that's awesome. That's, that's good awesome, to hear,
3: guys. You
0: guys posted recently, you know, the last show that you got to play, you're eager to be back on stage is there a song in particular a particular that you're looking really forward to playing and then i'm also wondering are you guys planning on throwing like a corn cover in there to, to introduce the band yeah, to no, who david, no david is and his background not. no corn <laughs> covers not right
1: <laughs> no, now no. <laughs> i mean it's like hell no hell's didn't know we don't mean it in a bad way. We're just, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe we're not later, a but man. I mean, right
4: now we're, we're trying to, be our trying to establish thing, so. ourselves. And I think really that would just be the wrong way to establish ourselves. If, if we did we do a clone cover.
1: Be, hey, a yeah. Well, you leave yourself open to be, Hey, they're just a, they're just a knockoff. And that's not, I, I mean, I, I agree. It's not something that you would want to do, want to do. And, and you, you haven't been you, you're from the, from the new album. Right. I, I don't hear any, corn in there except for the drum which is not corn that's dave one one of my questions
0: that got kind of lost there with the corn cover thing but is there a song in particular you're like dying to get on stage and play right yeah. now
4: yeah i would say i like it's really to hard to pick out what song i, like I mean, Delusion Delusion they're all really good to me because yeah we close yeah. we close our shows with that song and literally it's the chance for me to just completely blow out my voice cool. and and at the very end i do these really really high-pitched screams and literally every single time I finish that, I, I'm, my voice is done.
1: <laughs> I want to see you guys keep going well. And I want another album as soon as you get it. And somehow, if I can find it before it comes out, somehow, I don't know how that could happen. But if it does, you know, maybe you tell me where I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but you guys are awesome man and, and rich yeah keep killing oh, yeah. it dude and yeah i'll, I'll yeah, i'm gonna come like to close, gonna just the take Midwest, the maybe kansas city or something <laughs> and you can teach me that uh yeah the 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 technique man. <laughs> uh, well it was, it was great
0: having both you guys on um once again for the audience the album is acronym the ep is acronym I really would urge everybody to go out there and and actually purchase it on iTunes or Amazon because uh, you know we've heard guys on the show who are in bands say before you really don't get anything through streaming although that's just the way of the future that's kind of where everything is I still like to buy albums um, but yeah and at Bias Band OC on all social media thanks guys all right you guys thanks are, guys appreciate it. Thanks as always guys for checking us out. We have some really awesome guests planned for the weeks ahead. Um, some more special ops guys. I know it's been a little bit, but we have, uh, you know, like Navy seal, Jake's wig planned army ranger, Mike Schlitz. Um, so a lot of really good guests on the horizon. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. And, and i um... Uh, we will we'll get Rowan's mom on I just brother I am sorry to all you guys out there I thought I had her contact information handy and it must be on an old phone so I've got to find Cheryl Bennett's number uh again but we'll get her on and, and she's a tremendous woman and, and a gold star you know a, a Gold star mother. So we would definitely want to have her on. And and she also started a wrestling foundation for Tyrone called the Tyrone Woods, Tyrone S. Woods Wrestling Foundation, which you guys need do, do need to check out, donate to. Ron was a big wrestler. Uh, he was actually, I don't know if he won the state championship, but I know he was a state qualifier in wrestling in high school. And um, no, that foundation helps helps teams that can't get the wrestling equipment they need in high school get it or even under uh, in the lower leagues and the peewee leagues used to call it when I I was growing up, um, get equipment, especially wrestling shoes. And, you know, I I don't think athletics are looked at in some areas as highly or they're not given the funding that they used to be. And and so it helps out. Um, not all not, and that's not on all states but there are some of the schools and some of the states where the funds aren't that were there like when I was in where there was a there was a hefty athletic fund and it really does help you grow and become part of something and helps with teamwork And we talked with Shannon Rich he mentioned that when he was a wrestler said so, and it gave me an outlet or if I didn't have that I would have went to the dark side and became a truant and a criminal uh growing up but I had wrestling so um yeah, get Cheryl on. And, but if you have a chance look at Tyrone S. Woods Wrestling Foundation, I just put that out there and, and donate to him because it, it does help help kids find themselves. It gives them an outlet.
0: 100%. Um, as always, support our sponsors. We have uh, T-shirts. You can check that out at the link in the description. And uh, as long as I don't get flagged here, because I know that, you know, with copyrighted Music, <coughs> I, I think, I mean, we had the guys on, but you know how it is uh, they could just uh, – Basically, flag that just by detecting the sound. But I, if you hear it under me, we're going to end the show with Delusional from Bias. Check them out uh, or from Breaking in a Sequence at Bias Band OC on social media. Thanks, everybody.
2: That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American straight talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit.